Welcome to Native Exiles, Alderwood Community Church's podcast, where we talk about following Jesus in the tension of being in the world, but not of it. And we have another special guest today, a conversation I'm really looking forward to you hearing. Jeff Koss, longtime Alderwood guy and a business owner in our local community here, a great friend of mine. We're talking about work today, and it's a really important topic because Almost everybody works. I mean, really everybody works in some capacity, whether you're earning a paycheck or you're not. And so we're gonna talk about how to think about that in light of God's story, in light of the Bible, and what especially Genesis 2 and 3 had to say about that. So I can't wait, here we go. Jeff, so glad you're here. Thank you for doing this. We're talking about work today, and uh, let's just start with you, for folks who don't know you, uh, letting people know in your work life, where has God put you and how did you get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Um, so I, I realized um, I've been in, in the company I work for now for 40 years. Wow. Started when I was 15. Congratulations. Uh, my dad's uh, business. Uh, he, uh, at some point, um, bought the business from my mom. Uh, they got divorced, so he got to buy it from her. And okay. then uh, uh, at some point, he decided to retire and uh, give it to me. And, and uh, you yeah. were 15 at the time. I was that? 30 when he, 30 <laughs> when he uh, decided to give it to me and uh, had it all set up to give it to me. And I, uh, I realized, boy, um, I wanted to succeed at marriage and uh, some of the other things in my yeah. life. So I uh, just kind of walked out of the, the legal conversation saying, yeah, if you can't give this to my marriage, I can't, can't accept it. So, so technically, uh, my wife and I own our marriages yeah. own this business for many years. Um, and uh, Not yeah. a lot of 31-year-olds have the wisdom to see the impact that owning a business might bring to their marriage. Yeah, there's a little bit of hurt involved with being, you know, that, you know, going through the process of being a kid of divorce, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it wasn't wisdom. I mean, it was for sure from above. I look mm-hmm. back and say, how did it, I... It can be wisdom and be from above. It was all above. It was all from above, yeah. It wasn't smart, so I'll say that, yeah. So, yeah. And so we have a company today that um, we really, our primary business is a really grow people. We exist to shine light and uh, we just happen to do that through making furniture, uh, airplane parts and helping people redeem work uh, by just knowing that work can be different. It doesn't have to be yeah. the toil that uh, is promised. Well, actually, I want to stop you right there because I just think I want people to get what you're saying. You just said your primary business is to grow people. Yeah. Yeah. You happen to do that Yeah. through making furniture. What? what how else would you describe the physical stuff that you're producing, furniture and aerospace and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the company exists to shine light to our community. Um, and so that means doing work that's excellent, um, uh, doing it together, and that's joyful. So we we really uh, are uh, becoming more and more true around, uh, oh, it's fun to, to make stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so sofas and chairs and things that you might find in a Nordstrom yeah. store. Um, we make flight attendant seats for airplanes, and the president, you know, sits on our chair. Yep. We've we've sent some parts into space on spaceships. That's awesome. Yeah, which is re- really crazy. So, the, but the reason I want to jump in is because this is why I'm excited to talk to you about work. That is such a radically different way of thinking about business from what everybody is probably used to thinking. Because if I looked at a balance sheet of yeah. your company, I guess I'm not a business person. That's not even the right term. Okay. If, I, if I looked at a yeah. revenue, that one. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Spreadsheet yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The 
the bulk of your revenue is yeah. not coming from growing people. No. So no, no. that's how most people would talk about the main part of our business. The yeah. main part of business is what brings in the most money. Yeah. And if you were to describe it that way, you'd say the main part of our business is making furniture, narrow space yeah. stuff and all that. Yeah. But that's not how you think. You, no. The main part of your business is growing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if we become more and more true uh, to that mission, then I think we're closer to it being ministry. And it, it shouldn't be a surprise that if we just love people uh, through work, that mm -hmm. they'll do excellent work. Mm -hmm. And and of course, there's a price that a customer's willing to pay for a chair, and uh, the, the suppliers need money for materials, and our employees deserve a great wage. Um, and there's a, there's a really tight feedback loop. What I mean by that is you you sell a chair and you get money, and there's an easy way to measure that. When we're growing people, the the feedback loop can be a generation or two. Yeah. So. Um, and I don't expect to have the profit from that investment coming back to me. Yep. It's, it's really not mine to have. So it's, uh, uh, so, and the, the measures that you could come up with business don't measure this. So, you know, you're speaking my language, Jeff. I mean, this is ministry. They right? don't yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, how do we, yeah. how do we measure it? How long do we wait to see the, the fruit of ministry work and yeah, people's yeah. lives and all that? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I love thinking differently about work. And I would love to say that Christians have a totally different view of work than the world does, but I'm not actually sure that's true. I think we should. Yeah. The reason why we're talking about work is because we started our church reading through the Bible this year, calling this a year of God's story, trying to understand the whole story of Scripture as revealing God to us, pointing us to Jesus. And right away, early in oh, yeah. the story, yeah, yeah. the garden, God's good intention. And there's this thing here that... I think blows people's minds, which is that work is a pre-fall thing in Genesis. Yeah. He creates Adam and Eve in his image, invites them to rule on his behalf, yeah. to subdue creation, to cultivate the land. So he's inviting them to work yeah. before sin. Yeah, yeah. And most of us don't thank God for the opportunity to work. We, yeah. we think work is a necessary evil of sorts. I, a couple months ago, the lottery was up to some big number, you know, yeah. and news companies were running this stuff and asking all kinds of people, what would you do if you won the lottery? Everyone's first answer, quit my job. Yeah, sad, sad, yeah. So what do we, I mean, why is it that Christians and the whole world don't see work the way that you're trying to see work, the way that you're trying to get us to think about work? Yeah, well, I can't speak for everybody else. All I can say is uh, God's clear. Um, so Genesis two, he's, he's talking about this day of rest. He said, I completed my work. Yeah. So we know God worked. Yeah. And then, you know, when Jesus talks about the work of God, it's a believing in him. Yeah. And revelations ends with talking about work, which again, blows people's minds. Work is not just this thing that no. existed here. No. Future, new heavens, new earth. No. When we're with Jesus, work is going to be there too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know what other people think. I know for me, I had a separation of church and state kind of in my head, which yeah. is, uh, boy, I'm a soccer coach. Um, uh, when I had kids that were of that age, um, you know, I, I'm married, um, you know, kind of the marriage and coming to church is my family's ministry mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, at some point, um, I learned, I think, through just uh, studying the Word and actually reading the Bible kind of end to end and starting to really consider, oh, my goodness, the work is my field. This this is my ministry, yeah. and um, I really consider all Christians are called to vocational ministry. No different. I, I see your role, my role. Uh, we're, the money comes from something. It's yeah. not from a man or a woman. It's from God. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty good news because most people are going to spend 
a whole heck of a lot more time at their yeah. job than they are at yeah. church. Yeah. I, you know, not a lot of folks in our church family are spending 40 plus hours a week at church stuff, yeah. nor do we want them to. <laughs> uh, so to understand that what your job is, where God's called you to work is ministry, I think is a pretty yeah. big thing to get. Yeah. You say you don't, you can't speak for other people, but you have observed a lot of people, because yeah. uh, yeah. I don't know if we said this earlier, but in addition to making stuff, growing people in your own company, yeah. you also are growing people outside of your company. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, you know, we, we, uh, we started learning about the principles that govern work, um, and thankfully, uh, a company named Toyota um, codified. You know, they studied how does work get done in a way that, that is efficient and awesome, and they wrote some, people wrote some books about it. So at a really high level, uh, human beings really love to create value, and we don't like wasting much. And mm-hmm. uh, so um, we started learning from them, didn't realize that they had discovered the laws of the universe or God's creation or anything, just, hey, it kind of works. Um, and copied them. We just said, hey, they allow people to tour them, so we allowed people to tour us. And my honest, real reason was I figured we'd find the hole in their system and prove it wrong. There you and go. And we could tell everybody, um, which isn't that different than I live my faith, by the way. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so at some point we had had over 40,000 people in our building to talk about work and talk about what does it look like to work where we're working in flow versus wow. working in the way that uh, kind of were set up in most places. So so I'd say now it's probably about 50,000 people who we've spent time with in Crazy. our building for four hours to look at, okay, could work, could we look at it differently regardless of your worldview? And, and why why do you invite these people to come? I mean, what when you think about, you host these tours, people are coming, yeah. they're seeing what you're doing, they're learning. Yeah. Like what, what drives you to do that? Yeah, the initial drive was, okay, find the holes probably about three or four years in, so maybe 10,000 people in, we're like, oh, there's no holes. Yeah. And, and it really felt like a calling, like, well, it's our job to share what we know and, of course, try to make a living. Uh, yeah. um, the internal benefit was, you know, when a doctor or a nurse or a leader of a tech company comes in and speaks to one of my colleagues where English is a second or third language who's sewing, um, there's a whole bunch of love and respect communicated by that tour guest to my colleague mm-hmm. in a way that, I can't communicate. So mm. there's been mutual blessing all the way through. And at some point, the question was, hey, why do you do this for free? So about yeah. three or four years ago, we started realizing, oh, this is kind of what the world needs. So, you know, more recently, it's become, uh, you know, part of our business is to really yeah. get after that and share it. So you're seeing mutual benefit both ways. Yeah. Uh, why do the people who show up come? Uh, it's all has always been word of mouth, and I, I think it's like a you know it's come see the zoo or come to the gong show. No idea. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just crazy people. I don't know. Um, my sense is enough people come and hear and see and are convicted that work can be different. Yeah. Um, they tell enough of their friends, and then they end up showing up on our doorstep. Yeah. Well, I've been one of those people. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've brought some people in. I mean, yeah. you're saying it very nicely. They have a, conv- a conviction that work can be better. I think people are coming because they think this sucks. Like what is mm. happening now yeah. in my yeah, yeah. job, in yeah. our communication, in our systems? Like, yeah, this is not working out. Yeah. There's got to be something better out there. And yeah. if they hear from a friend or from somebody, yeah. 
Cost has got something figured out. You should go check it out. Yeah, people yeah, are yeah. hungry to figure out how yeah. work can be better. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. And when you bring these folks in, that is kind of where you start, right? Yeah. You ask them, let's talk about yeah. work. I mean, share yeah. some of your experiences of starting off with folks that are coming in for a tour. Yeah, we try to back up from work completely, and we really just start with, hey, your current employer is, you know, your current employer. We're here to speak to you as a human being and uh, serve you and your family. So. We kind of walk them through uh, a discovery process. We talk a lot about hobby and uh, just ask them questions about, hey, what do you get from your hobby? And, and uh, hmm. there's a lot of nice things people get from their hobby. And they, they, they uh, start smiling and their bodies change. Yeah. And Mine's golf. So yeah. that's what I think about when you ask that question. Yeah, great. So yeah. you start thinking about the words that come from spending time uh, doing your hobby. Um, then we compare that to the words or feelings that come from work. So what do people say when they're talking about their hobby? Uh, yeah, it's uh, my favorite. Uh, I feel free. I feel energized. I feel tired, but good. Um, I feel in community, a uh, sense of purpose. Uh, I feel connected. Uh, yeah. Um, and we write all those words down in green, if they're great words, and we use the, the red pen. The only red that you would normally hear with hobby is it's expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm picturing golf right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, yeah. about it. I'm yep. a skier, not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then as we guide them through the work, um, it's heartbreaking. Really, yeah. Like, um, yeah. There's a lot of pain, so you start uh, more ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what your family hears. What are we teaching uh, to our kids? Um, you have a, a partner at home or somebody who loves you, a parent. Yeah. W- what are the feelings, the words that come? And uh, when I've been yeah. in that room doing that exercise, it seems like stress is yeah. one of the first words yeah. out of people's yeah. mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what what words are common? I feel like a slave. I feel like yeah. a slave to these things. Uh, political, uh, lack of trust, lack of, team, lack of teamwork. Um, of course, you'll hear some of the green, the good words too. Well, Especially if there are bosses in the room with them. Sometimes that. But also, <laughs> the honest part is they'll start to see that, oh, hobby and work, there's some, some words that are similar. And those words that are similar are the green words. Yeah. I, I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm, I'm being challenged. Yeah. Um, but... Work is the one that's loaded with all these, you know, very unhealthy. We try to connect those red words to things they might care about, like their health, their relationships, and other things. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I loved, I got the opportunity once to be a fly on the wall while you were uh, going through this exercise with a bunch of healthcare folks Mm. uh, from Holland and uh, people who know the body really well, know biology, how we were created. And, you know, you have all these words thrown out about how they feel about work, stress, anxiety, all that stuff. And you just ask the question, you guys are doctors. What does this do to you yeah. long term yeah. if this is your world? If you're living in stress, if you're living in high anxiety, if you're living in frustration, and they, they knew it, it, yeah. it hurts you. It, yeah. it takes years off of your life yeah. if this is how yeah. your world is. Yeah. And so what are, you, what are you doing for folks when you're putting hobby and work next to each other like this? What are you trying to get them to see? Yeah, what we're trying to do is give them the opportunity to know the truth, and the truth can set them free from being a slave to this stuff. Yeah. So really high level. Um, when, uh, when we have those words up there, there's a couple questions that we'll ask. First is, uh, is somebody in the world getting paid to do your hobby right now? Is it work for somebody? And for golf or skiing, whatever, the answer is almost always yes. It's mm-hmm. somebody's job. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My worldview is different than many of the people that visit us, but we can agree that work when it's done well feels like hobby. It can be at least. Yes. Oh, and yeah. And you can ask a few more questions. Have you ever worked on a Saturday and just got your stuff done 
And they light up. Like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Okay, great. So you stole from your family in order to get the work done, but it felt good. Mm-hmm. So in a secular world, um, that's part of it. At some point along there, the Christians in the room are going, hey, something's cooking here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so we, we, we give two tours on every tour. One is to the believer who has the Holy Spirit who could go, oh, this is just the gospel. Like this, when Jesus talks about his burden is, is easy, yoke is light, I probably that backwards. Um, you know, he means it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, so then the next question, is it morally okay to design work in such a way that we harm people, even in Seattle? I remember and, the first time you asked that question. Yeah. Because I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, you know, waste is bad. And like, this could be better. And I'm, right. I'm, and then that question, okay, yeah, there's waste in your job. There's things that aren't working. Is that just like bummer yeah or is that actually a moral wrong if you have any kind of leadership which i did at the time of how you set up the system you as the boss is it morally okay for you to allow your system to be harming the people that god has trusted you to come and be a part of your company and i just remember going yikes sorry yeah yeah i did i I mean i meant to do that to you but yes i know you did but i mean i i have never thought about overseeing people the same way Mm, that Yeah, it, like it is my moral responsibility as a follower of Jesus to help the people that God has trusted who work for me yeah. to not have the red yeah. word everything about yeah. work and to actually be able to get some joy out of this and to yes. see purpose and to yeah. have, in your words, flow and work and all of that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. And, and so we are really trying to say, is it a business problem or a moral problem? And uh, frankly, when we talk about training kids, hmm. um, I hope we still teach the kids about moral problems before we worry about business. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this case here, for me, as a Christian, we might say, hey, is it okay to be a stumbling block? Yeah. Causing others harm by designing a system that hurts them. Yeah. And none of us want that, Christian or non-Christian. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you talked about kind of the, the sacred-secular divide, the, church, the, yeah. the way that we kind of split church stuff from work stuff. Because I think most Christians, if you ask that question as a parent, is it okay for you to parent in a way that is a something block to your kids, that makes their life miserable, that you know doesn't help them to experience joy and fullness? Everybody's like, no, of course not. That's not okay. Right. But we just see work in a different category. We just yeah. It's almost like everything we believe about the way that God created the universe and what he calls us to admit, like we just don't apply that to our jobs often. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yet. We're getting there. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, with some help from Toyota, uh, learned about in the business context, the things that are causing waste and toil. And I mean, and you know, in our Genesis context, that's what happens to work in the fall. It's not totally. that work shows yeah. up. It's that work becomes toil. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's the and weeds, the yeah. thorns and thistles. Yeah, yeah. and I love yeah. that you use that imagery when you're doing your tours, the weeds. Yeah, um, they're just the weeds in the garden. Yeah. And it makes sense for everybody in the garden to know the difference between weeds and corn. So, yeah. uh, it, so it became, well, how do we remove weeds? Well, we've got to make sure we can identify them. And yeah. so we start teaching, hey, there's some named weeds and there's different tools for those weeds. But yeah. So you yeah. figured out... Seven wastes, the seven yep. weeds. Yep, yep. And then pretty smooth sailing from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, not smooth sailing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what challenges have you faced? Like, you have this conviction yep. as your this is a moral responsibility for you to remove waste for your folks, to bring joy. Yep. Uh, what has made that a difficult journey? Yeah, I think the hardest part for me is just the... the um, 
between the two ears here. So it's just uh, not understanding that it's always true. And in my own uh, growth as a Christian is to at some point realize every part of the Bible is relevant to yeah. my work. So, and, and, and it didn't happen until I was probably 40 years old where at some point I realized, oh, my garden is the business. It's the things I'm doing there. So um, you know, the biggest part is just uh, uh, learning to know what's true or false. And I think that's why I'm excited that we are going you know, through the Bible together this year. Um, uh, I didn't, I believed in Jesus, but I had never read the Bible. Like, yeah. Until I started doing youth ministry, the guy's like, well, what part of the Bible do you like? I'm like, the red words, you know, I, wasn't, yeah. I don't, I haven't read all that other stuff. And, and now it's an adventure of a lifetime. If you start looking through, uh, so it, the, the challenges are always, um, I think at, uh, in any level, it's, it's our own journey and our, uh, for me, it was my unwillingness to cooperate with my maker. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, he wrote the book, Jeff, could you read it? Hello? You yeah. know? So I, I, I'm looking for him to answer prayer. And he's like, just read the book. You, it's right there. Yeah, and then once you've read it a couple of times, you'll learn you know, some of the stuff. So yeah. um, it really, for us, there's no policy, no, no decision, no, nothing in the business where, that we don't think through the, the word yeah. before we do it. So, yeah. Well, and so you're saying that, and I've seen that in your life and in your business a ton, but just so people get the context that we're talking about, how, how many folks work for you at Cost? Oh, we've got 150 now. We were up to 220 before. Yeah, and so. they're all Christians, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Because I can no, imagine, no. like, people are thinking that you run a business and it's just like, you know, five Christian dudes no, who you, no, your Bibles no. are always open no. at your desk. No. No, I mean, no. no, you have a very diverse group yeah, of people totally. working yeah, for yeah. you. Some yeah. who share your values, some who don't. Yeah, yeah. Has that been a tension? I mean, how do you think about leading your people with the principles you know from the Word, thinking everything through the Word, without yeah. forcing belief in Jesus on yeah. people who aren't there yet? Well, the funny thing is, even Jesus didn't force belief in Jesus, right? Nope. So we're called to love Him and love our neighbors. Hmm. And so we can go through all the things even we've talked about in the last year at the church is, how do we show them more love and more respect to people? And the great thing about the Bible is it is always true. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, it's it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, you know, um, so, so yeah, we, we, uh, absolutely want to use the, the, the knowledge that's in the Bible to, to form policy. But if you actually just look at at the core of our people strategy, it's, Hey, how do we show this person more love? How do we show Mm -hmm. them more respect? They need more no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, um, yeah, it, 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 uh, for me, I'm not going to, uh, I will share my faith, I will share exactly what we're doing, but I also, uh, before I was a Christian, I didn't really want to hear you tell me, you know, how to you know, be a Christian, but I was really aware of people who loved people. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, you know, Jesus talks about being a shepherd and, you know, yep. uh, his yep. sheep know his name. So I, I don't see it as my job to convince people of anything. I, it is my job to shine light. And, um, you know, when we've done something well to point at, you know, who made that happen. Yep. And, uh, but also be willing to respect and love them no matter what. Because it, it doesn't say, hey, just love the ones who believe what you believe. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah. And I, I value the diverse thought. I value the, the, all these things that come with the cultures that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So it is pretty weird, though. I can say that when I write the word in our, our purpose document that we will love and respect people here, I do get a, quite a bit of pushback from some. Yeah. That that should not be a part of your 
Yeah, so it's so weird. Well, how, how do I measure love? You know, it's yeah. like someone's trying to put a metric on it, and we yeah. give tours like, well, this love and respect. Like, do you love your kids? Do you have like a chart for that? Like, come on, seriously. Yeah. So, uh, I have a chart for my kids. Yeah, of course uh, we do. We yeah. all do. Yeah, <laughs> love mostly just means not hitting at this <laughs> stage for us. But yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, you talked early on about coming to the understanding that your work is your ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one, I want people to get that that doesn't just mean work is a place where you can tell people about Jesus. No. It means the actual work of what yeah. you're doing, yeah. of creating value for yeah. the world, for other people, yeah. helping people grow. That is ministry in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, have you seen the way that you have implemented scriptural values, thinking through the word in your business, be an on-ramp for some folks to considering Jesus in ways that they hadn't, in asking about your faith, in wanting to know more about the Bible and why you do what you do. Do you see any people from outside the church asking curious questions? Um, that's a good question. What I, I, <clears throat> I look at uh, like uh, whether I'm a seed planter or a harvester. And so um, I think what we want to be um, aware of is I'm not sure that I'll get to see the harvest, but it doesn't excuse me from planting seeds. Yep. So, so far in my life, it's really the discovery, the adventure of learning, like all the science that uh, Dr. Jeff talked about last week. It's like, okay, God made all that stuff. And he's just like on an adventure to learn about God and hmm. see how he, how he made us all. Um, so... Um, you know, I wouldn't say the harvest is part. Of, I don't, I'm not sure that's my role in life. I think we're, yeah. we're planters and uh, advocates for the things that God cares about. Um, and I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure I can say that we have seen that. I think there's some wisdom just in understanding that that's how God works. You know, He doesn't give us necessarily perfect insight into the way that He's bringing fruit from yeah. everything yeah. that we do. Yeah. We have to trust him that he brings the growth. We, you know, yeah. we might plant, somebody else might water. God's the one who brings the growth. Yeah. And yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, w I would love to see it, but uh, uh, that's, you know, maybe yeah. when we get to heaven and go, oh, wow. When we, when we care for that person, yeah. you care for me, right? So. What about from another lens, just in seeing growth in the people that work for you? What are you seeing that's really encouraging you right now? Oh, yeah. It's shocking. Yeah, yeah, and they don't work for me. They work for themselves. Um, uh, yeah, so here's the deal. When you align yourself to gravity, it's easier to ski or, yeah. or sled or whatever. So um, in, in some cases, you've got people who just got to America teaching doctors crazy stuff. Mm. And, um, and, and to see a doctor who uh, does cut and sew of a body relate to my colleague who does cut and sew of a chair yeah. is crazy fun. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah. Um, and you've seen the tours, so you, you can see that uh, um, this isn't a Jeff thing. There's you know, dozens of people who can speak to the wisdom of aligning to these principles. And I look at those principles as given from above. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think the cool part for us is as we become more true to growing people for a living, um, we get to celebrate when people get new jobs, if it, even if it isn't in our company. So, yeah. Um, and that's a different perspective. The, the perspective before has been, oh, darn, they left us. Mm -hmm. So don't teach them so much that they can leave us. <laughs> Literally, I've had that conversation. Yeah. And, uh, so I can see the shift of, of our, our intention, I think. Yeah. 
Well, that's the common business way to think. Retention, right? Yes. How, yeah, how, yeah. How I mean, like that metric. I yeah. hate that metric. Yeah. yeah. How about equipping? How about you know sending? That's good. Um, and I think our work in youth ministry, I never, well, I never, I never gone into the ninth grade class and think I hope there are seventh year seniors. Hmm. So really look at that model and say, how fast can we equip somebody to live uh, a life uh, if they believe in Jesus to just, you know, do it, yep. you know, be blessed in the doing. In the same way, we're just applying that thinking to the business to say, how do we equip people in a very short period of time to become who they are trying to become? Yeah. So, That's really good. I want you to, if you can, uh, just speak to the person who's listening, who this is pretty new. Yeah. Like, you know, to them, their jobs are the job. Maybe they're not loving it so much. Yeah. Boss isn't that great. Yeah. Don't have a lot of joy in what they're doing. I mean, for somebody who's just starting to think maybe through a different lens about work, what might you say to that person? Yeah, I'd start with perspective. So for me, it radically changed my world when I realized, oh, Lord, work. You put that in the garden. Oh, the thorns and thistles. Dang, that's part of the curse. So for me, starting yeah. with perspective... And then to look around and go, okay, there are soil, uh, uh, souls around me that I can love. Like there's no shortage of love or respect needed. So there's action that we as believers can take immediately, no matter where we are. So I'd say start with perspective. Um, uh, for me, if you put me in a job where I am not knitted for, uh, then you know I'm in the wrong place. So if yeah. God really knitted us in the womb, and He really knew our name before He created the world, He didn't screw up when he, when we were born. Um, and, and if we ignore our gifting, that's like saying, God, I know you made me to have great eyes, but I'd love feet, so I'm going to ignore mm -hmm. you my entire career. Mm -hmm. So it could be a fit, a fit question, but I would start with well, uh, how about perspective. Just, there is a fit out there for you, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, like, I, I think for some of us, our lens of work is so financial yeah. that we've pursued just what can make money, what can, what can yeah. be the most... The thing that can provide me the most yeah. Yeah. and that's important it's not not important yeah. but i love the lens of thinking okay god gifted me for something he, yeah yeah he didn't yeah i'm not the first person that god created with no gifts right, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> uh and so what does it look like to use those for yeah exactly work yeah. and something yeah. that i might actually find joy in i yeah. think that's big yeah. how about speaking to the person listening to this who has some measure of authority in yeah. their job yeah. Somebody reports to them. They have the ability to make decisions that affect other people in their business. What yeah. might you say to that person? Christian or not Christian? Christian. Yeah, Christian. Don't be a stumbling block. We can't. That just cannot be named among the brotherhood, yeah. sisterhood. Cannot. Just can't be. Yeah. So um, we put a bunch of free resources out. Um, they know who you are. They can find us. Um, we can put some. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes to yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, it's uh, learn uh, quickly that work is good. And as a person with authority, uh, we can use that to bless for generations through the work that we do or harm. And so, um, yeah, so don't be alone in that, just like any other part of our faith. But uh, yeah, yeah, if there's questions about that, but yeah. What's your version of how you say that to the non-Christian? Um, that's why we talk about the moral thing. To say, yeah. okay, uh, um, uh, I think there's something in Romans about all of us know that God exists, but some of us might just choose to ignore him, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's a good message paraphrase. Yeah. It, yeah, is it in the ballpark or two? Yeah. Yep. So so I think everybody has this moral compass that we, um, and not everybody is sensitive to it, but when we get to this part where are you okay harming people? Are you okay causing cancer and heart disease and divorce? And I haven't found anybody in the room 
that uh, thinks it's okay. Now, they might be really rich and be okay continuing doing that, but mm-hmm. they still would know it's wrong. Yeah. So, um, and it, you don't need to be a Christian to understand that harm is bad. So, um, so really, it's the same message. It's, um, it's extra easy to help Christians. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, we're called to know the Word, but really our work is believing. Mm-hmm. And believing means knowing and caring and doing. We're blessed mm-hmm. with our doing. So uh, as Christians, it's, just, it's so much easier to say, okay, I love you. You're my brother. I don't even like you, but I'll help you, right? Yeah. I should like you, but I don't. Yeah. Um, and so there's resources being in the body where, like, other Christians, we kind of have to love you. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to like you. But uh, so for Christians, this is actually a very easy thing. It's, it's, uh, the Bible is littered. Like, I could spend days talking about the subject, about how we're supposed to lead and how yeah. we're supposed to love. And what a blessing it is that you have been called to a position of authority. So, um, so it's way easier for Christians, um, I yeah. would say, to, to be able to encourage and support. Um, and uh, seeing eternally is different than seeing to the next quarter or the next week. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes we have to accept that a lot of the fruit uh, that we uh, plant will happen a generation later. And as Christians, we get to be thankful for that and celebrate it. We know we're going to see it someday. Absolutely. Um, when you're managing just to the end of your nose, then that's super hard to really yeah. love people. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Jeff, I got to let you go. But before you do, I do want to just say thank you. I think it's about five years ago, mm. I came and knocked on your door and said, hey, I just realized I'm not a very good leader. Uh, I need some help. Uh, and you were very gracious to take some time and, and pour into me and uh, certainly have a long ways to go. But yeah. I've seen... God really use you, your business, your people in my life to help me have that moment of conviction of realizing how important it is to lead well and how important it is to bless the people that God's entrusted to you. And um, I think, yeah, not only have you been a blessing to me, but hopefully you've been a blessing to it now a fair number of people who report to me also. And really hopefully cool. I'm a better person now than I would have been otherwise. So yeah, it's a blessing to have you there too. Being faithful. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for yeah. being on the show. Really Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So Steve, we're trying something a little bit new with this episode. You just heard the conversation between me and Jeff, and I'd love to just to kind of reflect on it with you. What were some of your thoughts as you were listening to that? Well, it was really fun listening to you guys, first of all, just because you're friends. Yeah. He kept talking about love and respect. I mean, I can tell you love and respect, Jeff. So many of us do. That was that was super cool to listen to. You know, I have my own little story on Jeff. I think I've shared this with you before, but it's just such a window into Jeff and who he is, and how he really lives and breathes this stuff. Like, I don't remember, it was like eight, nine, ten years ago, there was one of our ASM leaders, 20-something gal, and she was working over at Cost Tailored. And I, I caught Jeff one day, and I was like, hey, Jeff, I heard Tina's working for you now. That's awesome. And he gives me this sort of blank stare, and he goes, oh, no, she's not working for me. And I'm like, well, Jeff, I know you have a lot of employees and stuff, but, I mean, I just talked to her yesterday, and he goes, no, 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 Tina's not working for me she does work with me yeah i love that he's classic jeff well he tripped me up in the conversation for that exact same thing you know i asked him how many people he had working for him and he said well they don't work for me they work for themselves it's just he he lives and breathes this stuff and honestly i've never forgotten that statement like it really stuck with me because that's a beautiful way to view work no matter where you are in the chain of command you know yeah, you hang out with Jeff for more than a few minutes, and he's going to say something that will break a category for you or 
make you rethink something that you've been assuming for a long time. And I love that. He's a, he's a great thinker. I think the thing that stood out to me um, the most from your conversation today is I loved how he compared like Christians having an issue with church and state, never the twain shall meet. And kind of the analogy that unfortunately a lot of Christians view their work that way. Like here's my spiritual life. Here's my church life works over here. I get a paycheck and that's the end of the story. Well, I mean, just think about how sad that is because for most people, they're going to spend a lot of time at a job in the course of their life. As you pointed out, a lot more time than they're going to spend at church. And so if you don't have any kind of theology of why that matters and where God's goodness and purpose might be in that and really seeing yourself as a partner with God in whatever work you're doing, think about how much of a waste of your life that is. I mean, just a whole huge swath of your time on planet Earth that you're disconnecting from your relationship with Jesus. And a missed opportunity. You know, I love how Jeff invites, entices people, you know, into his worldview by doing the tours that he's opened up to us as a staff. I mean, they've been great. Why You've been friends with Jeff for a long time, as you just talked about with Jeff. You've learned a lot from him. I'm curious, like, what is maybe the most potent thing, maybe the life-changing thing you've learned for your leadership from Jeff? Yeah, as I was growing in the amount of leadership that I had here at the church and having people report to me, one of the things that became really clear to me was my people-pleasing tendencies were starting to really trip me up. Um, and this is super common for people in ministry, but all kinds of people. I mean, basically, if you if you see anybody on a stage, they probably are insecure about how much people <laughs> like them. Uh, and I was no different. I wanted everybody to like me. That's part of my personality. And, and as a manager... That ended up being pretty tricky because what it means to lead well is to be able to make hard decisions that are going to disappoint people, that people are going to be upset about. And I just, that froze me. Uh, And I remember talking to Jeff in a season where I was just starting to kind of realize that about somebody who was working for me who just was not working with me, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, get Uh, it right. But in a position where I was their supervisor (laughs) and uh, they just weren't cutting it. Um, Missing key responsibilities, what they're supposed to be doing, showing up late, you know, just not caring enough about the job. And the fact that it was my job to address that, I just hated it. I hated having to be the person to tell someone you are not meeting expectations. If this continues, you will not be able to continue in this job. I just that I just cringed thinking about that kind right. of thing. And because I was so averse to that, I was letting too much stuff go. And it had effects. The other people who worked with us were frustrated, were carrying more of a burden than they should have been because they're picking up the slack of this person who's not doing their job very well. They're counting on me to address it. I'm not wanting to. And I just remember talking to Jeff about how to handle this. And one of the things he told me, and it just, you know, it changed my categories. It changed the way I think about this stuff is he said, okay, this person who is working with you, whose job it is, uh, who, who you have the job of overseeing. Right. Um, are you actually loving that person by letting them continue how things are, where they're not meeting expectations, everybody else is frustrated with them, you're frustrated with them? Is the reason you don't want to talk to them about that really because you love them? Or <laughs> is it because you're selfish 
and you don't like conflict. Yes. And you're just trying to avoid the awkward conversation. And I just remember it just clicked. I was like, a hundred percent. I'm avoiding it because I'm selfish. Totally. I had this idea in my mind that it's because I love this person right. and don't want them to be upset. But the reality is I just didn't want the awkward <laughs> conversation. And it was one of those things that just switched for me. It, like if God's put me in a responsibility where he's, he has given me the role of leading, I'm not loving anybody by not leading. I'm not, I'm not loving anybody by not holding people accountable, even if they bristle at it, even if they are mad at me. It is my job and, and the joy and the experience of all kinds of people relies on me doing the thing that God has called me to do. And so that's been something I've really kept with me for a long time. What I love about that, and it's so reflective of Jeff's approach to work, is that's not a leadership principle per se. That's a love principle, like you mm-hmm. said. You know, and leading well is loving well. Yeah. Um, and I love how Jeff really reemphasized that for us today. So why this was great. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from it. I know I did. And thanks for bringing this to us. Me too. Yeah, so glad he could do it. We'll have Toby throw a link to some of the work that he's doing into the show notes for people who want to check it out. And yeah, until next time, thanks for doing this with me. Hey, thanks again so much for joining us this week on Native Exiles. Please continue to follow, subscribe, tell your friends about Native Exiles too, your coworkers, your family, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Native Exiles.